welcome to the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary Podcast. This is your host, Scotty B. Follow links and find us online. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. You can go to the website and buy the stuff. You can find us on Instagram at Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary and, of course, Twitter at HOCS Podcast. All the things. Today we're going to be talking again about Inferno Saga as we shamelessly plug what we're going to be doing at the end of the season with this wonderful fan-made trailer video that is coming out with all the people that have been working on it so very, very diligently. And we hope to bring that to you in a series of special podcasts and also just to link to the video in as many places as we can so that we get you all excited and watching it. Cannot wait to share that with you. I really hope that it is as amazing as build. I think it will be. So today we're going to go into a little bit of overexplain on Inferno Saga, and I thought maybe I w- the overexplain wouldn't be so overexplained because we want to keep these podcasts kind of short. Uh, so I will only do one episode on the overexplain versus many because... I think it's been explained online fairly well. Like there, there are many places that you can go to find out more about the Inferno Saga. You can just pick it up yourself and read it. It is uh, quite a read. It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting, messy story, to say the least. The X Men die. Okay, and this I'm just going to give you all the spoilers here because when are they ever going to make this in the movie? And you know, it's been 30 years or so. Um, this this came out in the 80s. Uh, it was in the late 80s. And it's, you know, it's been a while since, uh, since Inferno Saga has been hanging around. So spoilers, but you know, that's fine. I think you've had long enough to try and read this saga if you were going to. Uh, so the X-Men die helping Madeline Pryor, who is married to Cyclops at the time to retrieve her son from the Marauders. They basically fail. Okay. And they all die. And Jean Grey also is dead. She died protecting Earth. The the details, the detail, I won't go into too much detail again. You can you can read through all of these things on Earth. But the at this point in uh in X-Men, they really didn't want to bring Jean back. They they wanted her to die on the moon or just die, you know, like we'll give her a good send-off. She's going to save the world, whatever. And that will be that. We will move on. We will introduce different characters and this will not all be about Jean Grey. And um also uh the character Magic and the New Mutants loses control of Limbo. So there's all of these like terrible things kind of setting the stage for Inferno Saga with Madeline Pryor coming into the picture with the Marauders kind of wiping out the X-Men and doing it on television, and then Jean Grey dies. So that's kind of where we start. But, of course, that's not really the, you know, it's never the end, right? We can always resurrect X-Men because we can. So Roma, Destiny, she has the Siege Perilous. She comes out of out of nowhere, basically, and um, gives the X-Men the choice to go back. And they can go through the Siege Perilous and just go back and they can exist but nobody knows that they've been resurrected that they are alive in fact are back on earth and living in australia very quietly um on a compound where their mutant signatures are masked they also find out that jean gray is alive somehow alive she was snatched up by the phoenix saga and uh, given an extra life right at the last moment which she was very much confused about um, but it also like screws up her powers like it makes her kind of um not as overpowered as she was with the Phoenix Force. She's like really struggling to do some of the basics with her telepathy and things like that. Like she's just not, she doesn't have as much ability as she did before she came back to life. And, um, you know, Cyclops basically finds out about this and leaves his marriage. He just kind of leaves. He's just like, oh, 
gotta go. That is, you know, really just before the suicide mission that the X-Men go on. And of course, at this point, Cyclops is no longer an X-Man. He is with the X-Factor and they are running their own agenda, going around and finding mutants to recruit to their cause. And it causes a lot of friction between the X-Men and the X-Factor. And, you know, like the way that they're going about it, they think is really not the greatest. And, you know, of course, Jean Grey would join the X Factor because that's where she was at the time. So she comes back to the X Factor, not the X-Men. So meanwhile, in Limbo, um, Nastrith is uh, this really nasty demon um, in Limbo. And he's like basically trying to find powered children so that he can create a portal and take over the Earth and pretty much just have Limbo move to the next dimension, you know, that it can just exist in another plane and they can expand their power. Nastrith is kind of a mischievous and over, you know, he's sneaky and trying to figure out how to harness all this power. More or less, the Goblin Queen is created or manipulated to help him facilitate this. This is really where the story gets kind of messy. You have Mr. Sinister in the mix and Mr. Sinister has cloned Jean Grey and you find out through the grapevine that Madeline Pryor is a clone of Jean Grey and that he is the one orchestrating all of this with Madeline and trying to make her kind of this this sleeper cell in in the X-Men and that there's this really huge diabolical plot that Sinister is concocting and you know it's really him that's going to do this power grab when it's all said and done because he likes power grabs but he also really enjoys orchestrating the end of the world for some reason and that he likes worthy opponents and he doesn't think that he really has any anymore because the X-Men are technically dead and the Marauders who he controls more or less at this point uh, went off and you know took care of all of that so you know he's just checking off boxes at this point so you have the X-Men the X-Factor the Exterminators the New Mutants they're all on different little missions and they're all they all have their little roles in this big overarching story to essentially stop demons from running rampant on earth and specifically manhattan is where everything happens it's all down to new york and manhattan it's always manhattan i think it was manhattan ghostbusters too they they all have roles to play because you know the new mutants are more focused on what's going on with magic the x-men and the x-factor are really dealing with you know mr sinister and the rescue of nathan summers and mr you know like all the things going on with with madeline with goblin queen and then you have the exterminators which are kind of plot loop like they they needed an out and it seems like the exterminators are the out in this case uh you don't see them come back like that's it's a pretty limited series and really they create a mutant who can do something very specific with computers so that the thing about the computers can exist and it can kind of manipulate the plot a little bit as things uh develop inside of the inferno saga and that the um, the children that are all being stolen and the portal that's being created with all these children that are being kidnapped by demons, uh, they they basically can like make it not work. It's all about spell check. I think that's great that um, this is you know it's such a new thing <laughs> that uh, having having a word processor with spell check in the eighties is like this amazing thing and you know they all pick up on that and it's like this meme inside of the storyline where it's like oh you can check spells. Well, that's very useful. We need somebody who can check spells because we we are working on a lot of spells. And it, it's like, <laughs> it's talking, it definitely speaks to, to the time period. Um, nobody knows what spell check is. 
uh, not even demons. Apparently, they don't know what spell check is. So you have uh, you have the exterminators cutting off the supply of babies to the demons. You know, especially the uh, the powered babies. That's the ones they're looking for. Basically, like mutant babies who are overpowered, and they're stealing them and causing a lot of problems. The funny thing is, is like nobody in Manhattan really seems to care that it's being overrun by demons. They're just like, yeah, whatever. And people are just going about their business when, um, you know, there's a whole scene with uh, Wolverine taking out a mailbox and just all of these weird things that are happening. The, the subway that tries to eat people and stuff like that going on. And it's, it's kind of cartoony and yet uh, a little bit serious, but it seems like nobody really pays attention. Like, oh yeah, it's just Manhattan, which I think also just kind of plays into the thought of the time. Like, okay, yeah, demons are running wild. So what? let's i gotta get to work here i'm late the new mutants work on taking out nastrit and they have magic to help them do that who actually kind of dies in the process sort of you know she she goes into a cocoon and um you know the the x-men and the x-factor despite all their differences they do what they can to limit the goblin queen from destroying the earth and harming you know like um harming nathan summers her own son because yes uh gene gray and and scott summers did not have any kids that it was actually the clone uh, that's, you know, Nathan Summers should sound a little bit familiar, like that's Cable, basically. So in this reality, you have, you have a clone Jean Grey and, and Cyclops having a kid, and that this kid is, you know, being taken by Mr. Sinister. And ultimately, Goblin Queen dies in the process, and Jean Grey basically kills her in this whole story, kind of because she's the only one who will. Like, Havoc wants nothing to do with that because he's the one that she runs to, and definitely Cyclops isn't having any of that because he's married to her. So they kind of they kind of push all of the dirty work onto Jean and she takes care of everything. You know, this is it's the 80s. OK, um, but again, dark. And, you know, Mr. Sinister uh, more or less destroys all of the X team, all of the remaining members of the X team. And Polaris kind of helps him out doing all this stuff because, again, she's like one of the more overpowered mutants being the daughter of Magneto. Again, another daughter of Magneto is completely overpowered. Maybe they should learn their lesson and not make any more, not let them have any more kids because they're all, you know, it's like the only speedster in the universe was his. And then he has these two very overpowered children, daughters, one who can do all of the same things he can. And then of course, Scarlet Witch, who is, you know, an an elemental of sorts and she can do just about anything warp reality. So yeah, like whomever he's having children with. Um, maybe like if we want, um, it seems to be a really, really good idea for the mutant population, but not such a great idea for literally all of reality. So a Cyclops turns the blaster way up and just incinerates Mr. Sinister after he's convinced by Havoc to do so. Like he, he needs some, he needs some like coaching about this. Like, okay, but we gotta, gotta get rid of this guy. And, you know, more or less Sinister has just been manipulating you this whole time. And we're just going to get rid of him. And then you see this whole like epic arc, not just for Limbo and the demons, but that it's really just this whole moment to shine for Mr. Sinister is like the biggest big bad guy. Honestly, hope they would do something like this in the MCU, bring Mr. Sinister in and have him be like the next big thing. But I don't see that. That is more or less the storyline. Um, again, it's like confusing, it's messy, um, and it's really fun to summarize and just really... Um, bring all of the highlights to life inside of a project it was really a lot of fun and i think we we boiled it down in such a way that it does make a lot of sense and that it is really quite um, just an intriguing piece and brings out the best of the photo side so again thanks so much everybody for listening this is scotty b with the heroes cosplay sanctuary saying bye-bye